Well, we're, we've got another rainy day here, but... It's raining, it's pouring. Do you want to tell everyone the clever song that you came up with today about it's it raining in April? Uh, forget how it goes exactly, but it's not a song more than just a saying. It was something like, April, April rain, rain brings, brings May, May flowers. flowers. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But any, uh, you uh, nailed it. That that is a true statement. It's it's catchy. I, I can't imagine believe that nobody's come up with this yet. Well, April uh, rain brings Mayflowers. It's pretty, very pretty. Well, speaking of pretty, we had a pretty awesome guest come to our studio today. Yeah, and it was you you know her online uh through through social media and, and engaging through there and I and her business. Um, and, but never met her in person and I, neither did I, but we had a, a lovely chat with Lindsay McPhee. Lindsay is one of those people who I knew would be super cool for starters, but I also have felt just kind of connected to her for a long time. Like you say, today was the first time I met her in person, but I sort of felt like it was just one of my old friends coming to visit that I hadn't seen in a long time. You, when you guys met, it was just like this, you guys hugged immediately and you ah, Oh, like, I, I sincerely just love going. her. I, I was so excited to, to have her here and I know she's someone that will be in our lives. I, I just know that. I I can't explain it. Sometimes you just click with someone and she's just a, an impressive, kind, smart, talented gal. Yeah. What, there's nothing she's, <laughs> not to uh, love about her. A uh, current business owner of the Flotation Center here in Halifax, and she has a great story to tell about uh, leaving a job as an engineer to pursue her passions in, in helping people. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate her willingness to talk about the ups and downs of business. She's not someone that shows up and makes uh, everything seem glittery and shiny. She's the first to admit if she's having a bad day or a tough time. And I think that's what's helped me just trust her advice and reach out to her like a friend. So let's let's dive deep into it with Lindsay McPhee. It's an awesome chat. And she's, a, like you said, someone I think will be a friend from now on. Just a, a great light and energy and uh, honored to have her on our podcast. Let's do it. Hundred dollar sweatpants. I thought they were. Uh, that was cookie crumbs. Nope, nope. It's total. <laughs> both acceptable. Bleach. Yeah, both exactly. Acceptable. Both are fine. <laughs> um. So yeah, how does how does this start? <laughs> we'll kind of. We'll say we've started five seconds ago. Oh. We'll, oh, oh we'll just we'll just we'll just start rolling. That's kind of how we do it. Cookie cool. crumbs and bleach talk. Cookie crumbs yeah. and bleach. <laughs> and we're here today with Lindsay McPhee. How's it going, Lindsay? It's not too shabby. How are you guys doing? Pretty darn good. I'm just thrilled that you're here. <laughs> and we had a moment when you arrived, and we'll probably have sev- several more of those. I but I just genuinely feel like I know you, mm-hmm. which I love because it shows the beauty of social media, because that's how really I've gotten to know you is through your online presence with your business, the Flotation Center, which of course we'll get into. <laughs> but it's one of those 
We're both from Halifax. We probably know a lot of the same yeah. people, but for some reason, our paths have yet to cross in real in life. Real life. And yeah, in here real we person. are. I know. So, yeah, you're I, real. I was so excited. Yeah, coming in, I just sat in the car, so I drank a little bit of my coffee, and then, okay, yeah, you're going to be excited. I walk in, I see you, I start clapping my hands, and I <laughs> just went to my total, like, oh, it's finally happening. And it's nice to meet you, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, no, <laughs> oh, Mike's I, here, too. I, yeah. I'd be more excited to meet Christian any day of the week, too. No, but it's just, it's one of those kind of friendships that have developed virtually. And I know we can very easily trash talk the online world. There's lots of things about it that maybe aren't good for us. But this is, uh, I've always appreciated your willingness to answer my questions and hear me out. And I've I've come to you as a stranger in some ways to ask for (laughs) tips and advice. And I think I've always felt comfortable to do that because you show up so honestly. You're not... You're not just posting about all the glorious things mm-hmm. in your life and your business. You're really being open. So I felt like I could trust you to talk about these things in a real way. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's intentional, I imagine. Or... I, I I think at this point in my life that I just can't be anyone else besides myself. And I've tried and I've tried to fit into different molds thinking that I was making myself happy when really it was other people. So at this point, I'm just like you know what, fucking deal with it. This is who I am. And uh, I I just, um, I know now my capacity or my goal in life really is just to one-on-one be good to others and stuff too. I always thought I was going to kind of save the world and being an environmentalist. But now I realize that the one-on-one impact can have so much meaning on both parties. So I just do my best whatever wherever that looks like at the time if i can help someone out awesome or and also i just so much bullshit out there just why i don't need to do it i can't and i'm suck at lying and i can't keep my lies straight so i just don't fucking do that either just don't do it just don't do it (laughs) what is better in life than arriving at the point where you can truly be you right yeah that's when you're at your best and you're at the best for helping other people too yeah so I, i think that is what Everyone strives to be, and and you're there. Oh, well, I mean, we're not at the self-actualization part of it where I'm, like, levitating to the roof or anything, but, like, it certainly is, like, um, I know that for the longest time when people said, oh, she's so weird or she's weird, and I hid that, those parts of me for so long that now it's just embrace the weirdness and doesn't matter really what anyone thinks. As long as you're being a nice person and not, like, kicking cats and stuff, you go and do whatever you want to do, you know, you know, or yeah. cats eating rabbits. <laughs> we hope that you don't get any special deliveries today. Yeah, I hope I do. Carcasses. He's asleep. We're talking about our cat, George, who kills lots of Not things, our roommate. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Your roommate that kills cats or rabbits. <laughs> so we, we know you through your business, but we'd like to we'd like to talk about that too, but also just want to get to know you. We find mm. often our work becomes our identity because Mm -hmm. it can be all encompassing. Uh, This is a show as well about following our dreams and making big changes in our lives. I've just done that in my career. I know. I'm so excited. I just, it's (laughs) funny. I just like almost wanted to have my own little countdown on my phone set to like when it was like day zero. Yes. (laughs) You'll be waiting for other Uh, milestones to come to. I imagine you have the experience, but it, you went through something similar at a point in your life, I understand. And yeah. I'd love to hear about kind of what led you to make that decision, the emotional aspect of it, really, and how you finally landed where you did. Um, 
Well, I had tried really hard to make engineering. So previously I was a chemical engineer and I tried to make that work for so long. Um, I even started in science thinking I was going to become a coroner. I was like loved forensic science and stuff like that and just, you know, love dead people apparently. <laughs> yeah. And then, who um, yeah, who doesn't love dead people? That's probably where I, why I love true crime stuff right yeah. still. Um, but uh, when I got into second year, everyone around me was like, I'm pre-med, I'm pre-med. And I'm like, I'm not competitive. I'm out of here. And so where I was bartending at at the time was downtown um, on Sackville Drive and someone it was all, a ton of engineers that come on every Friday off of work. And this older gentleman was like, Lindsay, what are you doing in science? You have the makings of an engineer. You're independent and you're smart and da 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 da. And so, without knowing really what an engineer was or did, I switched into engineering. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> so, I did that. If you say so, sir. If you, say, if you, you know what, Ian? I got it. <laughs> but, like, when I finished my diploma and I did really well in school, and so doing really well in school, I equated to being happy because that's where my happiness came from was getting straight A's sort of yeah. thing. And then when I, I took a year off and I traveled to Australia and then I went and finished my degree up at UBC. And when I landed in Vancouver, I remember the first three or four months calling my mom almost every day saying, I've made a huge mistake. What am I doing? And she was like, you can come home. But I was so worried about the amount of money that I'd already invested in my brains that I was just like, oh, I got to I got to come out with something. So I finished my degree, practiced as an engineer, and then still was not very happy. And it was really challenging because like I was volunteering for like David Suzuki on the weekends. But then mm. during the nine to five, uh, you know, I was a junior engineer that was working on like the Enbridge pipeline. So yeah. there was just a lot of conflict there. And uh Anyway, I had this really massive year where everything just went to shit for me. And like I got divorced. I had like an aunt, a cousin, an uncle, my best friend, my best friend's father. They all passed away in this really short period of time. And a month before, we were, my best friend and I were supposed to travel across Canada together to move back home. Uh, yeah, he passed away suddenly with, from a heart attack. And when I did land home... My job fell through as an engineer. So all of this stuff was just saying, goodness. Lindsay, this is not going to work for you. And it was you know, that insanity definition of trying the same thing over and expecting different results. So um, at the time, I would easily say meditation was the one thing that kept me level headed. I know that I certainly have dealt with like a lot and still do like a lot of mental illness in terms of depression and anxiety and stuff. But meditation was the the salve that worked the best. So I was looking for a place to float because that's what I equated floating and meditating. And then I was like, oh, there's no float spaces east of Montreal. And I had a roommate at the time who was just my fairy godmother of praise. Like, you can do this. You should do this. I'll help you do this. And just really believed in me. Like we, when I moved back to Halifax, even though everything blew up the first little bit, we were in a manifesting, like, you know, it, it's true. We were just sit there and everything that we wanted to happen, happened. Like every, every I even like, you know, I probably have a vision board somewhere of it all, but I never thought it was going to look like this. And, and so the float center opened in May, 2015. So it's be seven years next month. And, uh, it's been bananas since too. Like I, I do not really consider myself like an entrepreneur or like a 
boss or anyone who should have have control over anyone else in that sense or like, you know, be an employer. Um, it's a very weird uh, label that I haven't gotten used to yet. So we need to get you a nameplate, maybe. <laughs> I, I actually my business card says happiness enabler. <laughs> I, didn't want, I didn't know what perfect. to write. I was like, owner, Ugh, GM. No, happiness enabler. Cool. <laughs> I love that. You you said so, so many amazing things there. Um, oh, thank you. Well, it just the, the, the path that we all find ourselves on is is always ever changing. And mm-hmm. at, at ultimately, we're just looking to find happiness and something where we can feel like it's meaningful work. And now with the space that you've created, it's you're able to be a happiness enabler for mm-hmm. so many people. And just just your presence. I mean, I've met you for the first time half hour ago. I feel like just your your personality is is a happiness enabler personality. <laughs> and it's not a ruse. I <laughs> no, no. It just you can. If I have my eyes closed, I it just like I can just feel that energy from you. Mm. And it seems like yeah, you you went to to a school to be an engineer or you, you are an engineer by, by trade, Mm -hmm. but it feels like this is your true calling. Yeah. I think there was a point of time too, where, um, when I didn't know what I really wanted to do, one of my friends in BC had said to me like, don't waste your brains. And I, I, I recognize that, you know, when people talk about regrets and if you could change anything that really every single moment has gotten you to exactly to this moment. So you can learn, but I try not to, regret so but there were times where i thought oh my gosh what am i doing i've spent you know i have eighty thousand dollars of student loan debt and i was when i moved back to nova scotia i was working at garrison brewing for ten dollars and 85 cents sort of thing and you know so it was just people were like just trying to push me into also going back into engineering but i again like i felt that if i was going to get continue to push in that direction someone else around me was going to die or I, it was going to be me yeah which sounds really dark to say but at that point in time i it was a it was a punching bag my i like i felt like i was just being like you know i called my mom every morning and i what's going to happen today in the crazy world of lindsay so um, I, I just feel like I'm listening to myself speak right now. It's <laughs> it's so comforting to hear others have these shared experiences and just know how it feels more yeah. than anything. And yeah. talking about, yeah, like I went to school and got the degree and a master's degree. Mm-hmm. And so now there's this money spent, there's this time invested, mm-hmm. and then you get a job in that field. Like these are all the things that are supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And the more you go down that path, the more unreasonable it feels to leave because you're only investing more and more and more mm-hmm. until, as you say, you reach a point. It's just an utter breaking point. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you, I, I don't regret what mm-hmm. those experiences were. Everything from meeting friends and mentors and networks to knowing how to carry myself mm-hmm. in a professional environment. Like all of those skills are valuable. Communication, editing, it, it's endless, really. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been ready for this step 20 years ago or even two years ago. Um, So it's really refreshing to know that we're permitted to make these changes in our midlife. Yes. Yeah. And and that's the thing, too, is that, I, uh, you know, we've been prescribed this. This is how your life is supposed to look in this box. And anything outside of that box is kind of weird. And, you know, I think now I've noticed a lot more folks normalizing 
changing careers in your 40s or 50s or like the Colonel Sanders, Sanders story that he was 58 years old, like things like that that need to get highlighted more because um, pushing, especially now, like, I mean, I'm grateful everything happened. I 100% wouldn't have gone to university knowing now, you know, knowing that what I do now, I would have gone into probably a trade, like been a carpenter yeah. or something like that. Um, but I'm just, yeah, it's it, just permission to to fail and to learn from it. Um, and also be careful what you ask for, because I remember being in high school saying, I'm going to grow up. I'm never going to live with girls. I don't get along with girls. I'm always just going to live with guys. And here I am at 40 and I have three guy roommates too. <laughs> so it's all coming together. It just takes some time to happen apparently too. <laughs> you, uh, you mentioned earlier people saying, don't waste your brains. Mm -hmm. And and you did well in school. Mm -hmm. um, do, you, do you feel that when you do well in school and have those good grades, that puts this pressure on you to follow this certain path? Because I know I felt that myself, like, and I had no idea what I really wanted to be coming mm -hmm. out of high school, but I did have good grades. So that meant I was supposed to go to university for something, didn't matter what. But I feel yeah. like if if you do get good grades and maybe it's changed a little bit now for for kids coming up but in in our time back in the day back in the day <laughs> um i just feel like there was just a lot of pressure on you to to exactly not waste your brains yeah and the following being an entrepreneur like you are now wasn't something that would have been encouraged at all no no and i don't know about your your both of your folks but I mean, uh, no one in my family went to university at all. Uh, my dad worked for the same company from when he was like 18 until he retired a couple of years ago. And yeah. mom, more or less the similar thing. So um, they they also wanted to live through me because the opportunity for them to go to university just did not exist. Also, and it was a really big point of pride. I think on my dad's side of the family, I was only the second one to ever go to university. And on my mom's, I was first or second as well. Yeah. So I think too, like, um, I had a lot of pride in my schoolwork and my grades and, and, but that was also cause I knew that it made my parents happy and mm -hmm. I am a people pleaser right down to the core or, yeah. or trying to get out of that, I guess. But, uh, that it equated to good grades, love, making my parents happy. Everything in my life is going to be fine. Were they supportive of you making the change into... <laughs> oh, my gosh. So <laughs> I was not scared. My mom's my best friend. Like, I was not scared of my mom at all. Uh, my dad, I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, my dad is going to lose it. He was so proud that I'm an engineer, right? Because there's something mm -hmm. about being an engineer. And when I told him, he was like, well, I got $1,500 if you needed to start getting your incorporation going. Because I was... Four and I was like, so okay, nice. cool. So... It worked out well, and I know, like, for example, there's been, like, the Float Center's been in the news lately, and they have all the clippings from the newspapers at home, and... Yeah, that's so sweet. Yeah. We were home in Cape Breton this past <laughs> weekend, and Mike's mom, too, has a stack of the local yes. papers, the Inverness Oren, and... Yes, the Oren. She, <laughs> she cuts out the ones if there's a, a feature of either Mike or I, mm -hmm. and... I mean, you, that's just so thoughtful and yeah. adorable and we would never have access to them otherwise. So. I know. I, I love it so much. And it's just like I realize now that probably the way that my father and I maybe communicated love was me making him happy with grades and and him saying, oh, where's the other two percent? And, and that was like just like he was really proud of me. And I never knew until maybe my Aunt Janice would say, 
your father's some proud of you. He probably never told you, but he's some proud of you. And so now I think also as we get older, and then I also demand my parents now to be more openly loving and stuff, because that's, you know, we, there's no, we don't need to, we, you know, mess around. Like, if you love me, tell me you love me. So I, all my family now hugs. Yeah. You know? and, and we're adults now, too. Exactly. It's different when you, the, it shifts a little bit, the dynamic and your own confidence, perhaps. Yeah. Like, a, as we get older, these relationships change. Yeah. So. Yeah, you kind of ask things of your parents that you wouldn't ever dream of when you're a teenager. So. No, and 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 so just now knowing and having also the experience and you know lived wisdom that you've gained to know what you want and to communicate them with your parents and also to communicate like this is why I'm doing it. Like you saw what I was like as an engineer. I was miserable. I want to be happy, and I think this is going to be like the route for it. And touch wood, like you know, so far so good. Yeah. <laughs> That's really great. I'd, I'd love to hear kind of about your day today. I, I know that not every day is perfect. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not expecting that, but I, I'm just a few weeks into this change and feel like a million friggin' bucks compared to how I did <laughs> a year ago. So, Oh, that's so good. And yeah, I think um, right now I'll be very, very honest. I am feeling quite lost. Mm -hmm. um, I am starting to carve out a bit more time for Lindsay but I've lost a lot of my identity in the past seven years. I think that's probably the easiest way to say it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been, you know, if I go and sit down at a, at a bar or restaurant or something like that, and I don't know, I go by myself or whatever, and someone sits down and, oh, you're the flotation center person. And so, you know, my I'm just anyway, so right now I'm really trying to figure out what I like to do because I, I haven't gone to a, like a gym in seven years sort of thing or you know, I used to go to shows every single weekend and go out all the time. And um, it's been so long to do that. So right now I'm trying to just be gentle on myself and relax when possible. That's the thing is like relax because I've got a lot of stuff that's kind of coming up right now. Mm -hmm. um, and, but it is like I pretty much every day get up at like 6.30, tea in bed. Then it's usually uh, emails, admin work. Uh, some days I work behind the front desk. I'm in be at the float center probably maybe six days a week, whether it's, you know, behind the front desk or in my back closet office that I have, but it's just everywhere. And um, I think I'm just learning now, like, you know, how nice it's been to have, again, a, like a lot of freedom. And you were saying, like Lindsay's saying that she went and bought groceries at 9 a.m. and someone said, that must be nice, but it's like, well, I just, you know, one of my teammates, two of them have had COVID over the last bit and I had, I worked all their hours for them pretty much. So like, yeah. so, you know, it's, it's coming and going and stuff. And really it's just been at this point, just trying to do my best to go with the flow. I, th I think one thing about running your own business is that you can, and I'm speaking as a musician running mm -hmm. a, a, a band as a business and being mm -hmm. a, a writer and having a solo project, like, you start to invest so much into that that you often don't have the time to do the things you 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 want to, mm -hmm. and and everyone just assumes like you have endless free time because oh you work for yourself mm -hmm. that must be nice like that same mm -hmm. same idea, but I I've in the last little while been trying to go back to things that I I know I enjoy like. Cause I put so much pressure on myself and it's probably my own doing. Mm -hmm. Like I could just say, okay, today I'm not looking at my phone or email 
I'm not going to try to write a song, not going to try to write a chapter, not going to do this or that. But I every day I always feel like I have to do something. Yes, yes. And I don't know who I f- think I'm letting down, if it's myself or if I'm afraid to get behind or someone out there is going to be working harder than me or whatever it mm-hmm. is. But I think it's it's finding that balance. And I don't know how to do it exactly yet, but... Like this year, I I went to play hockey a few times. Nice. And I never even really played that much hockey growing up. But when I did, it was always super fun. Yeah. And most things I do now, I'm like, okay, if I'm songwriting, if I'm writing a song, this has to be the best song in the world. Mm -hmm. I want it to be better than every song in the world. Or if I'm writing something in my book for, for, for a novel we're working on, like this has to be as good as it possibly can be. And it doesn't mean it is, but... Um, I've, I need to find things where I don't care how good I yeah. am. And I imagine that that's probably something that is difficult when you're, when what you do, i.e. playing music or art, um, is maybe in the past started as just, oh, a fun thing or hobby. Yeah. And then suddenly it's become your life. And how do you detach from something that you, you know, you love so much and is part, has been part of your every day, but also now is part of income generation too and um you know and and i think also too you get so good like at doing what you do that there's also a bit of fear of trying something new like yeah, so i, so I lied earlier when i said i haven't been to a gym because i i've gone that cycling at rival a couple times or whatever and i was so nervous i had to i made friends go with me and i was like i'm just gonna shit myself on a bicycle and my feet are already <laughs> gonna be clipped in and that's it you know and i had all these but you know once i got over the hump it was a lot better, but again, still just trying to figure out what that means. But um, yeah, like, what about you? Like, do you did you do you have a hard time? I mean, you're you're into you're, you've been doing it for a while, but now it's like your your art is now your your thing, right? It's definitely something I think about, and I think probably ponder it more because I actually did my thesis research on this very subject or in part. Oh, no way. So asking creative people in particular, mm-hmm. once this becomes a profession, how what's the relationship you then have with it? Mm-hmm. So I know as a painter, I have throughout the last five or six years experimented with different mediums or maybe mm-hmm. it looks a little bit different. I'll I'll bring in a different tool or technique. More times than not, it doesn't land with my audience. And I think it's because they're expecting for mm-hmm. a Kristen Harrington art original. Mm-hmm. And this is what I know and enjoy and appreciate about this mm-hmm. particular style, which is great. I, I like that there's something recognizable about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm then faced with the personal question, like, like myself on the blank canvas in the studio, what do I like versus what do I know will sell so that I can make my mortgage payment this month? Yeah. And I expect for that to be a challenge moving forward. I always want to remain true to myself. I always want to experiment. And I, I've said to Mike recently, I almost have a knowing that my style is going to evolve. Uh, I have space for it too now. Mm-hmm. You're not just kind of hammering out paintings on the weekend and yeah. it being condensed into this, okay, this is what this people are expecting. Frame. And yeah, yeah. so I, I I look forward to playing, but I am expecting to grapple a little bit with what I'm producing for, yeah, because it's my income now. Today's episode is sponsored by the brilliant Steph McNamara Photography. Steph is a photographer who wants you to feel like your most authentic self in a session. 
She wants to get to the soul of every person with each photograph she takes. Whether it be a session for a musician, a wedding day, or something just because, Steph's main focus is to make sure the people in her lens feel safe and at ease to be themselves. Steph's favorite part of being a photographer is truly getting to know her clients. What makes them light up and what they are most passionate about are questions always on her mind. If you want a genuine, heartfelt experience with a photographer, Steph is your gal. We've had the pleasure of working with Steph and can attest to her talent, creativity, and can say that you'll probably fall in love with her immediately. You can follow Steph on Instagram at Steph McNamara Photography. It's, um, you know, that I, I, I asked a friend, I was like, why do you feel like you need to be doing this crocheting project on the side? And she's like, well, everyone else feels like they're hustling. And I was like, well, then you need to step away and think, is it capitalism that has you doing this? And the feeling of everyone around you is doing something? Or do you generally want to monetize your hobby exactly. or not, right? Or, yeah. or can you just enjoy it and have gifts? And, you know, again, social media back and forth can be great for some things and um, challenging for others. And I think one of the things I've grappled with is that I don't feel like my, you know, my life is very Instagrammable. Like uh, when I, when someone I, and I've just literally figured this out within the past four or five years, but if someone asked me what I'm good at, I know that I'm good at making people feel comfortable. And that's always a goal of mine. And I had a hard time because I was like, I don't have a paint. I don't paint. I obviously don't dress myself very well. Like I don't have an Instagrammable life, which is what people want to see. And I was like, I had to make peace that there at the time when my business is starting, I couldn't decide if I wanted to be more in the front and be like this like leader who's going to bring flotation therapy into the world or if I wanted to kind of hide back a little bit. And then when I realized that all the things that I'd probably have to do to be in the front meant I had to be more of a Instagrammable lifestyle and I don't want to put in the effort to look good just for the sake of others so just deal with it and uh and here so, here and now i'm just working <laughs> on the fact of like i really want uh my teammates uh to be the front of the float center that's what it comes down to because it's more about now it's taken seven years but it's way more about me or about community than it is about me it's, yeah so anyway yeah that's that's well, that we can say the times that we've been into the flotation center your staff have been exceptional oh my god they're the bomb just so kind and yep. generous and accommodating to us and i'm sure everyone who walks through your door so yeah it's amazing like every well weekly easily probably every a couple of days reviews from people coming in of just like harley was amazing janelle did this taylor like it's i'm you know again really really lucky to find folks who you know want to take care of her and hold space for others and um share your values yes, by the sounds yeah. of things and yeah. i know you mentioned earlier on that this was the first flotation center open east of montreal mm -hmm. i wondered if you would mind just giving our listeners a, an overview if you have not been there and you're oh. an hrm just kind of what that is but i also wanted to ask how that has like back to the same conversation about me creating art does being an owner of those types of wellness therapies that you enjoyed mm. and benefited from has that been impacted at all now running a business with that yes in the past two years a hundred percent i used to float every week now i'm floating every few weeks and mm -hmm. it's just on a monday after i've cleaned the tanks and it's just me in the tank and i have a my timer excuse me on the top of the float tank to wake me up so i um 
on my birthday that just passed, someone said, well, you should just go for a um, massage and then float and then sauna at my, at my space. And I, if I did that, it wouldn't be fully relaxing because I'm in business mode when I'm at work, I'm in, I'm in work mode. Um, but yeah. And like, in terms of our space, like we just started with two float tanks, a massage therapist and a naturopathic doctor. And now we've grown to three flotation therapy tanks, uh, five massage therapists, acupuncture, akashic readings, dietetics, and infrared sauna. And I have myself and three other, soon be four other employees. Um, and like our primary focus is flotation hydrotherapy or flotation therapy, which is when you're in a well or in well-engineered enclosed tub sort of thing. And anyway, there's just no sights, sounds, or smells. Um, there's 11 inches of water with approximately a thousand pounds of Epsom salts dissolved. When you're in our float tanks, you just literally lay back and float on top of the the water salt mixture. And over time, it just puts you into a deep state of relaxation because your brain isn't being pigged by like external st stimuli all the time. But then it's been it's been studied since 1954. So there's so mm -hmm. much research and science that in the past is more about like chronic pain and whiplash and fibromyalgia. Now, though, they've sh they've proven that just a float session itself works the same as an Ativan. Incredible. And it's pharmaceutical free. So I was pretty like, you know, I'm not a huge pharmaceutical fan. I, I And I, I also do take an antidepressant. But any way that I could just like, you know, maybe add an, an, another element into someone's life that's a safe way of doing it. It's also very empowering too because it's a really unique experience. But then we give you such a good walkthrough that you shouldn't, you know, you should feel really good. And someone will come come in and they, they see the flow tank and they get nervous and they come on. They're like, piece of cake. I didn't even use the towel in the door. And so <laughs> like you, know, you in the spin class. Exactly. Like, yeah, I didn't shit my pants. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but like it, it's a uh, it's such I got to say, it's one of the most it is the most rewarding job I've ever had. But like even our teammates, we remind one another, like we're not working, you know, with the public in an alcohol fueled environment and you know we're not here to three in the morning and everyone comes out for the most part feeling amazing after their floats and are just so thankful that we exist so it's a really like you know grateful position to be in you you mentioned earlier about how you didn't want to create the the social media facade off mm -hmm. of trying to help people essentially through through images online yeah and I think I think we learned over the last two years off the pandemic that, yeah, you can find someone who's inspiring and can certainly help you. That's if you need, uh, there's online counseling, there's all these things you can do online. But I think over the last two years of the pandemic, we, we really realized that we need these in-person encounters. Yes. Because depression rates have skyrocketed, suicide rates have skyrocketed. When people are not with other people, mm -hmm. and I think you you could you could go on social media and start just yeah you know, creating that, that that image, but at the same time you just want to have these people in your space where yes. you can you can have this face to face encounter and then see what this physically does to them. Yeah, it's and and that's the other thing too is that like. Um, yeah, I just like practice what you pre preach, but also, you know, walk the walk too. Um, and, uh, there was actually a study that came out maybe last year that it was, um, that showed that 
humans do not like our brains do not recognize other people as another human on a screen and the and why that's why a lot of folks are being more hateful and stuff online is because we're now to a point that it feels okay that you can say these hateful mean things but you would never say them yeah. to in in front of them yeah. yeah and there's multiple reasons for that but one of the things our brains actually don't after a while like the screen doesn't see them as like a real 3D yeah. person anymore well the this the divide that's happening now is just in my eyes is all because of just what's happening on the internet mm-hmm. there's such a division amongst people and i feel like if in real life someone with these whatever political views and some of these political views they if they got together they would find a lot of common ground yeah, exactly because everyone ultimately just wants to be happy and have their friends and family happy and yeah. healthy like people have different values. Like some people are more giving with their money. Some people like want to keep it all in house or yeah. whatever. But at the end of the day, people want the same goals. And it's, um, again, these having these face to face encounters and just showing someone, just someone who has uh, a little bit of nervousness about going into the float. Yes. You can like, verbally explain to them like what it's going to be like and Mm -hmm. then they go in they come out and they're well a a better person (laughs) a better version (laughs) of themselves you know what like it's one of the things too is that i like i'm i know i'm good at my job and that's a weird thing to kind of say but now i know i can say it i'm really good at my job and my favorite part is taking someone's nervous energy and changing it into excitement and to really like again listening why why are you coming in here oh well let me you know cultivate this walkthrough that's specifically for you what you're looking for if it's pain management or whatever it may be um but it's uh you know i also haven't suffered too much over the last two years in terms of isolation from the pan uh, other people because one i live with other people and two my business is like it's a service business. You have to be there in person mm-hmm. for it to operate. So I've been in the public the last two years, except minus like the shutdowns or whatever. Yeah. So I, you know, so I think that's hard as I can see some people who haven't had that really struggling, really, really struggling in their their social relationships and even just in anger and stuff on online. And uh, I don't feel like I've been so affected negatively because I've been privilege to live with other people and also have a, a brick and mortar job that every single day, you know, I usually see people. Are you energized by having that community interaction? Or Oh, yeah. 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 Like I was working, um, I've been for two, for a while there, I was doing like these 14 hour days on Tuesdays. By the time my last float got in at seven o'clock, I was pretty pooped. But until that point, mm, bring it on. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I get great. so many hugs. It's really weird now with COVID because you don't have, you're not allowed to hug anyone, but like, Hugs. People tell me all the time that they love me. And it's like in a job like this RCMP officer came out from his float in his robe to go to the sauna. I love you, Lindsay. And I love this place. You don't know what you've done for me and my family, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, you, and and you weren't getting that as an engineer. No, it's really <laughs> weird. It was like, hey, you know what? We're going to send you to this place to work for a while. And yeah, have fun there. Yeah. And fit these pipes. So. <gasps> I know yeah. uh, you studied transcendental meditation. Mm-hmm. Was that a couple of years ago now? Yeah, February 2020. Okay. Yeah. How how has that practice changed your outlook or maybe your work life? Or is it something you, you do every day? 
Oh, I am not doing it every day. That's mm-hmm. the, I, and it's funny. My partner and I were discussing that he's incredibly stressed right now. And he's like, I just started TM again. And I was like, I have to do it again. Cause I, I'm a crisis meditator at the, at the moment um, where when things are shitty, I start meditating as opposed to yeah. just being, you know, proactive all the time. Um, when I do each time I do, I'm reminded that I'm such an idiot for not doing it every single day. Uh, go gentle on yourself, Lindsay. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's this weird when I first had my kind of a, attunement when you you learn um, a mantra and you go through this kind of private ceremony I started crying afterwards because I was like it felt as if some there's always been this light switch that's off that I would just had it flicked on and suddenly I had this of access to if you want to say universal energy whatever but I just could not believe that I could get to that state. Was it more of a a body feeling? Yeah, like I I was at the point that when I first started meditating, my head was like nodding down, 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 down. And like I I could, I was witnessing it happening, but there was no way I was stopping my body from slumping over. Mm. And when you do it with groups too, um, you you know, you're you're that group and crowd mentality. You can feed off of other people's energy too. So. When we did learn it in uh, as a group with just a couple of people doing our check-in, that time there, I, I remember like, and you can open your eyes and close your eyes. You'd like you, if you got to scratch your nose, scratch your nose. And I remember open my eyes for a moment, and everyone in the room, they were all slumped over. <laughs> so so uh, you you started or you did the TM course two years ago, yeah. But you had meditated before then. Yeah. Um. So, and I I do know what the on paper, what I guess the differences are. Um, so when you meditate now, are you doing the TM style, which is more... Uh, mantra. Sen- yeah, you just repeat uh, your own personal mantra yeah. for over and over again. Yeah. And supposed to not have any ties or linkage that reminds you of anything. Is mm-hmm. that ultimately the, the goal mm-hmm. of it? Um. So I would say... TM is usually, if I do it, I try not to do it so much at nighttime because I become, you can energize you. Um, so if I am uh, meditating in the morning, then it's TM. Uh, throughout the day or night, it's actually usually Reiki or um, even if it's just moments of like following my breath and doing some box breathing for a while. Um, because even when I give uh, walkthroughs for folks who are floating, I want to make sure I'm practicing what I'm preaching and I take them and like, here's how you can learn or breathe in the float tanks and meditate and get into the space and yeah. stuff too. But um, yeah, right now, again, I'm, I'm figuring out what's going on with Lindsay and yeah. it's everywhere. <laughs> One day at a time. Yeah, exactly. It's funny how we go in seasons and mm-hmm. I, I find we're like that a lot with what we're eating or our exercise mm-hmm. regime. And yeah, you find yourself in, a routine and you feel really, really great. Like mm-hmm. we always feel better when we're eating oh, well gosh. and exercising. Like yeah. who knew? Like this yeah. is a big secret. Yeah. But I don't know why it's so hard to maintain that. And maybe it's just ma- maintaining those particular acts or it's that we ourselves are changing or there's mm. things that come into our life that occupy that space or energy that needs to go other elsewhere. But it, yeah, it can be a tricky practice to hang yeah. on to, even though we know it's good for us and yeah. we feel better. I've just been gentle on myself by saying, uh, like acknowledging logically, I know that I should be doing these things. However, I don't have the capacity to, or I've got to go and fix this pump or, or, or like, um, but I know that it's important and I'll get there one day. And just in the meantime, acknowledging that, 
you're, I'm just doing the best where what I where with where I'm at. Um, yeah. But yeah, so many things have come before Lindsay in the past seven years, and I'm trying to reclaim that a little bit more again. <laughs> what's what's one thing you do in your day that can contribute to making that better or starting your day off right, turning it around? It would be morning med like meditating every day, one hundred percent. I think that's the the goal. I, it has such profound effects on every aspect of my life um, that it would be a hundred percent that. Um, I mean, if if I if I could if I could introduce one thing in my life again, I'd I'd probably play in a band. I, yeah. I grew up oh, playing fun. music and piano and trumpet and stuff like that. If and I think that's something that I'm actually starting to miss again is playing in, in an organized group. Um, and I've been I picked up my trumpet again, started playing. And I, I think that like what I miss is I can do so many things on my own. I miss the the camaraderie, the atmosphere. And I also love the idea of like playing or creating a song that the individual parts all of a sudden paint this story and oh give me chills I love yes. love love like yes yeah, so I, gr I grew up playing in like the band and and jazz combo and pit band and all the nerd stuff and and I think like when I'm trying to rediscover re whatever learn or do like that's the one thing that kind of pops up once in a while that mm. I'm like I I know it makes me so happy and yeah how you're do I do it you're always an avid supporter of the music industry oh gosh, and yeah. the creative industries really in general but I didn't know that you had that background yeah. trumpet player oh my were gosh. you in your high school band I was the alto sax player yeah. I was terrible but I share that same sensation mm -hmm. of mind you in high school band mm -hmm. you you only have moments of unity mm -hmm. but those small moments <laughs> that came were really invigorating mm -hmm. like you, you those goosebumps where mm -hmm. you felt part of something yeah i mean mike you get to feel this every weekend mm -hmm. i i suppose but yeah well there's there's different levels of it though like and uh, for me now it's more more an energy thing like cuz i feel like we're always when I play as a band, like we're always tight, like yeah. not to sound like, oh, we're, we're awesome, but we're all professional musicians. Yeah. So we're going to be hitting our notes and like what, but for me now it's when you're in front of an audience and you have that reciprocal energy going mm -hmm. back and forth, they're feeding off your energy, you're feeding off theirs and just keeps growing and growing. And you just seem to lock in just a little bit better when that is firing uh, on all cylinders. Yeah. I miss live shows so much. Like, just started going back again a little bit more. And yeah. um, my friend Rich, I mean, he just tours all the time. Like, live shows is what he does. And he was one of the friends that during the pandemic, I kind of checked in on him because I figured that he was missing that coming back to him mm -hmm. all the time mm -hmm. and traveling and stuff too. But, you know, and that's what he feeds off of. That's, you know, you just wouldn't. Yeah, it's you've met that you're in that flow state. <laughs> there would be times where Mike would do an online performance, and I'd kind of clap from the living room because he would be just <laughs> singing to his computer screen during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you know that. Okay, yes, you're you're working, quote working, and there are people engaged in what you're doing, but not getting that applause mm -hmm. and exchange, like you're saying, like it, it must have felt different. It's funny, uh, Facebook recently implemented this stars thing um, where people can send you stars. And I didn't know what it was until I recently got a check for it. So uh, if, if it, it is actual stars money. Stars are a good thing. Oh. Um, but it it makes a super loud ding when it comes through. It's like, and I've, 
I've been playing like a performance, like a soft acoustic song. And just ding, <laughs> ding. And like, I stop. Is there any way you can shut that off? Like I don't really know how, but um, yeah, and it's obviously pretty hard to create that that uh, same energy yeah. through an online performance, but people certainly appreciated it over the last mm-hmm. two years, especially in the times where we're in like serious lockdown yeah. where the only people you're seeing are at the grocery store and they don't want to be anywhere near yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, if there was ever a time that we should have realized that we need to be paying our artists way more than what you're getting is when it's artists who kept most people sane for the last two years yeah. in whatever form that is of whether right. it's you're writing a book or painting or being a musician, like that's, that's what kept a lot of people going. Yeah. And I, I think, I think for a while people really recognize how important artists were because like, Oh, I'm binging Netflix and that's created by artists. Mm-hmm. Like I'm listening to music. I'm tuning into live performances. I'm enjoying virtual displays of art. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but I don't know if that stuck with people. Like, uh, no. I feel like yeah. it was a fleeting thing where for a moment people go, like, oh my God, the arts are so important. And now it's just everything's back to like. Well, and what's even more interesting is even pre-pandemic, we were listening on CBC radio one day. I, I forget the exact numbers, but they were looking at uh, inflation and how mm-hmm. that would apply to the creative arts, music in particular. So when we were in high school, a CD would have been 15, 16, yeah. maybe 20 bucks. Yeah. Now that same album would be at least double that. Mm-hmm. But instead, we're paying $10 a month for every album you can possibly yeah. consume. So in fact, it's gone down by 50% or more. Mm-hmm. And for you have to think about like pricing your goods. People see this as, well, that's crazy, but it's because so much of it has just been made available on these big platforms mm-hmm. for a lesser amount or free in some cases. Yeah. But yeah, we're consuming it more than ever and paying less paying than less ever. For it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that, that blessing and a curse of just like globalization, you know, everything can be, is at your fingertips now. And I, and I think that people are, don't even re- realize that how lucky we are in that sense. Like there's so much convenience and so much choice, but like at what cost? Yeah. You know, like at, at what cost? Exactly. Like, you know, uh, a friend of mine I, I just saw yesterday, she had ordered a um, nail polish and it, you know, drunk thing that she bought at three in the morning from Amazon and it came in a huge box and it was just a little nail polish. And the guilt mm. that you could tell that they, they felt or whatever for, for making this purchase, I, I'm sure that was a moment of like, oh my gosh choice convenience drunkenness but at what cost you know yeah. and and there's so many things now that have such an impact on whether it's on the environment or ourselves that um we just take for granted now you know like yeah i, I feel like again music is I, i'm so grateful everything's at my fingertips but when i have a favorite album i go and buy it on vinyl now i might not listen to it as much as i would on my spotify spotify mm-hmm. <laughs> spotify but try to show and respect and and, and uh, honor artists in that way too. Yeah. And as a consumer, like the streaming services are incredible. Like it is amazing that someone has the same access to me and you too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like we, we are 
we are there on par mm-hmm. in theory with every other artist in the world. In theory, yes. But, yeah. uh, um, in theory of a dead man. No, sorry. <laughs> oh, she's clever. <laughs> Not just a hat rack. <laughs> Could you please sing one line from any theory of a dead man song? Uh, just a small gap, <laughs> gap of sound here. Uh, what's that? That's Santa Monica. That's the only one I know. Which? Uh, how does that one go? I remember the day <laughs> when you left for Santa, Santa Monica. Monica. Is that Theory of a Dead Man? I don't I'm know who sure. else I thought I, it may I, have I was been. Thinking, oh, I was thinking uh, Santa Monica, we should live in that ocean. Everclear. Yeah. Everclear. Oh. That's, that's, that's a banger. That's the better Santa Monica Yeah, that's a better Santa Monica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, I remember the day. <laughs> um, oh. But yeah, yeah, Spotify is amazing <laughs> for consumers. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it 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 also, like I said, I'm on the. Uh, it's lucky everyone can listen to me and you too at the same time. But then there's twelve billion other bands in yeah. between, all competing for the exact same listenership. Yeah, and ear space off the the general public. So it it is it is challenging, mm-hmm. obviously. And I think too, it. I mean, even today, listening to the news, but discussing algorithms and Twitter and uh, and you know with Spotify as well. You're you're going to get your your only like a fraction of what's out there because it's being curated to what you've maybe listened to in the past. So, yeah. but anytime though, I have a friend who's like, "Hey, my things on Spotify. Can you pre-save it?" I immediately I'm like, "Yes, of course I'm yeah. going to do this because yeah. I just know those little things is going to help bump up their algorithm as opposed yeah. to like, you know, you hear the same U2 song on Q104 or maybe it's you." you know, multiple times a day. And that's how that got into your head. That's how that became a top hit. And that's why they got so big from that listenership that everyone, you know, in in, in Halifax, I mean, th- growing up, there's only like a few radio stations too. So that's yeah. right. Do you notice the same kind of phenomena happening in the wellness industry? In terms of... So I, not really a streaming service, of course, but I ask this. I went through a little bit of a crisis a few years ago with what I'll say spirituality mm-hmm. in that it suddenly just felt like every, everyone was a healer or everyone mm-hmm. was... Yeah. 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 Like there was just so much product and yeah. and it it felt like a consumer driven offering to me. Yeah. I, I just... Because I, I was a massage therapist in my former life. I'm a Reiki master. Like, these are all things that were important to me that they they felt helpful. They felt like tools in my toolbox yeah. until it almost started to feel silly because there were so many examples of it being just that or, or so yeah. it seemed. Um, you know what? I, I, can, I see it two ways. One is like if you have a gift and it's a skill or whatever that may be, uh, your goal is to share that with people who want or need it and and do it in a good way. Um, what I do have an issue with is is what I call you know white women wellness love and light bullshit. Um, yeah. You and um, you know sign on up for this ninety nine dollar course for three modules where you can learn how to have a heart driven purpose led business. Mm-hmm. And I understand you know the where that's coming from and it is showing people a different way of doing it um i just think that 
there's a lot of harmony in in everything. Like from it's like you know, for example, like holistic medicine is meant to be complementary to Western medicine. Um, they both work together really well. That said, I've had an amazing naturopathic doctor who was very science based and knew her limits and played within it, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Who I, I again, and I coming from a strong science background, um, I was able to like make peace with both the white women wellness and then the do the work hard stuff of my analytical brain. Yeah. Um, I think where I'm starting to have the bigger problem was when a lot of the white women wellness stuff is appropriation. And I don't know how to make peace with that sometimes because I also growing up my entire life felt very plain as a white person and wanted culture, craved culture. So and so wanted to learn from others. And that's probably why, you know, you look into Buddhism or Hinduism or whatever it may be, because they're coming like there's so much knowledge and many, many years of wisdom. But how do you learn and still make sure that you honor and you're holding space for the people who, you know, did Japanese Reiki um, and in Hinduism? Like it's it's really um I'm actually it's it's a good question because I've been struggling with that a lot. But the white women wellness thing has got to stop because you know, and manifesting is wonderful and love and light is wonderful, but you gotta you gotta do the work. Yeah, it's tricky because I I, I genuinely believe everyone's intentions are good yeah. and. I enjoy yoga and practice that. And I enjoy a lot of these sort of things that also bother me. I I, I guess I can relate to sort of what you're saying in that it's a double-edged sword. Like I I benefit from it and I do like it. And I actually signed up to take yoga teacher training. And Mm -hmm. one of the reasons I backed out of it was exactly that. Like Hmm. the world does not need another Mm -hmm. 40-year-old white yoga teacher that just did it because they liked it. Mm -hmm. It extends beyond that, but it sort of you know, boils down to more or less that. And I guess felt like my gifts could be expressed otherwise or elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But you being in the wellness industry, uh, it's interesting just to hear your thoughts on that. So, And I also think like I believe in, you know, chiropractic care and physiotherapy and acupuncture. Um, what's challenging now is that there's obviously bad apples or extreme extremists on both sides of things. But like, you know, and with COVID stuff recently, you'll people say, oh, well, this acupuncturist said to do this, they're an anti-masker. But it's like, actually, what they're saying is very true, but it's complementary to what you're doing. It's not, it doesn't have to be one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I, again, I, my, my goal is every, pendulum swings both, both ways, but the happy medium is really in the middle. Like that's really where you kind of, or I want to align is like just being like a, a centrist who kind of gets along with everyone and sees the good in both sides and 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 try to bring it together. I feel like there's just more of everything now. Like yes. there's there's all of the time. And, yeah. and it's there probably are some people trying to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. I feel like most people like there's so many photographers now. There's so many mm. bands now. There's so many people doing stuff in the wellness industry. But I think it's just because we have a platform where you can reach people. And that is social media and the internet. Like you look back in the sixties and seventies, like how many, how many people were putting out an album? Like it was most people put out an album. were having a, we're on like a major label and we're like internationally known. It wasn't just, there was no such thing as just a group of guys who recorded an album in their house. Like, yeah. Cause to record an album costs 
thousands upon thousands of dollars. It wasn't accessible. And and mm. now that that and this is just one example where now in the music industry you can have a home studio, you can record an album, you can put it out there on Spotify, the whole world can hear it. And that example, I think, is something that relates to every other industry. Mm-hmm. Like if you uh whatever, talk to a few people, to a few of your friends who uh, were going through a hard time and they felt better, then you think now you can have some type of online practice where you help people out, you know, and you create a website and there's thousands of people doing the equivalent of that. And I know, Kristen, you're saying that you went through the crisis about the wellness industry. And I think at the end of the day, the good in all these industries is still there and yes. probably more than ever because yeah. more people have access. It just has to be vetted more. Like you just have yeah. to look this a little was like, harder. It was just my own shit. No, no, like but- I know that now. I maybe blamed it on that at the time and still have a little bit of that, like what Lindsay mm-hmm. is saying, just uh, cr- critique or observation of, of where you see that saturation. But I think it was that initial onset of of feeling almost smothered in it. Yeah. Well, everyone also okay. It, it's like the the Gabrielle Bernstein, Daniel Laporte kind of white women wellness army of people who are it's just like they're going to put out the same book that says the same thing just in their own vernacular that they use specifically that's hooked in their folks. Um, and I do believe in fake it till you make it. But if you're faking it and you don't mean it, you're going to get found out. And it's yeah. just those businesses and stuff will fall away. So, you know, um, I, yeah, I just I, I really just wish genuine people would do g- genuine things what they genuinely want to do, you know, and not yeah. feel like they have to, again, fit into like, well, I got to hustle or, you know, oh, well, I, I helped. I talked to a friend online platform now for yeah. helping other friends or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, we certainly see your authenticity and what oh, you're good, doing. Yeah. And it's all, yeah, smoke and mirrors. <laughs> well, but I, it's it's actually, and, and I mean this, it, it's really given me like a, an example or a guide to, because I have appreciated that in you, <laughs> it, it makes me more driven to want to, I guess, be honest about things I might not otherwise be honest about. Yeah. Of course, we all have shitty days and those aren't necessarily things we want to share, nor should we or be expected to. But striking a little bit of that balance about the reality of what life can look like as an entrepreneur, an mm-hmm. artist or whomever is is more to me that, like that offers wellness that offers yes. truth and comfort and relatability. And you feel like a, a real person, you feel like you don't have to be perfect. And I, I've just always appreciated that in how you present yourself. I, wow. Thank you. That's really yeah. nice to say. Like, I think I just try not to feign vulnerability. Uh, that's when people go out and act vulnerable to be vulnerable to get attention. I, I, I you know, I, uh, I, I think I found a balance where I respect private life. Like, I've told a couple of people what's been going on in my life the last six months. And when they found out, they're like, I had no clue about that because I, I've learned now too just what, what's meant to be private and kept yeah. with me and, and not. But, you know, even today I shared, I have a big birthday dance party coming up this weekend, but my cousin died last weekend and I'm having a hard time dealing with the passing of like, you know, someone who's my age and I grew up my entire life, but also this dance party that I've planned. So 
I on Instagram was like, hey, things are shitty, but you know what? Let's dance this weekend because I know Jessica would totally like she'd be like, you keep that party going for sure. But like it's just trying to be as real as possible um, without oversaturating with any of my bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And it's the, what a perfect example of those those two examples living harmoniously and simultaneously yeah. and like what's a better example of life than that exactly these I things know. happen both things both things happen you wake up on saturday morning and your father says your cousin's dead and then you're like then you have a feeling of like wanting to honor and grieve mm -hmm. but then you're like oh i have a dance party like 180 ha happening which happiness right so i imagine you'll move some of that uh, oh, yeah. grief and energy at that oh, at your dance party so let's curling let's clubs not even gonna know i hit it <laughs> dance party it's in celebration of a very special birthday yeah so yeah i turned 40 on 420 yeah you did <laughs> yeah i did <laughs> and i i mean especially with jessica passing away i mean i really realized that the greatest privilege in life is actually life itself and to get older because yes. What an opportunity to look. If you don't look back in your life and say, wow, what a piece of shit I was in the past or I learned from that. What have you been doing? Right. Like, I love looking yeah. back now and all those things used to make me cringe of the dumb things I said. I'm like, I'm so glad that I said them and I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to learn from them. So anyway, with the last couple of years, my birthday and my business's anniversary have both been in like lockdowns. <laughs> so yeah. this is a time like I love dancing. Like it is just my like. You know, let your hair down, energy flowing through you. It doesn't matter who's around, and I've missed it so much. So, um, yeah, I have a DJ and com comedy, stand-up comedy starting it off and just Brilliant. wanted to have a dance party and hang out with friends. And Well, Mike and I are both celebrating our 40th birthdays yeah. this year as well. And I like that you said it, it is truly, when you've lost people at a young age in your life, it really changes the perspective of 40 can feel like a scary thing or 50 or 60 or whatever, but mm -hmm. it, it's really a, an honor to continue to age exactly we get another year under our belt exactly yeah. yeah and i mean i look at my my mom especially because she's like i don't know what 65 is but i guess i'm it you know she, she yeah. now she laughs because she's like yes i can get the early bird special she has she doesn't look like she's you know 65 but she doesn't act like she's 65 she did her yoga teacher training when she was 58 years old because mm -hmm. she actually wanted to learn more about herself and not Beautiful. teach at 58 mm -hmm. so i see that and mom's like She's so happy that I'm learning the things that I am now in my life that she's only learning in her life at a later age. Are you learning them through her or because of her? Um, I, I mean, certainly I look up to my mom, um, especially when she did her YTT. But it, it it's honestly just, I'm going to say, consequence of the business stuff too. Like I would not, I've had to thick skin, you know, soft front strong back through the last seven years because i'm uh it, it's it's really out of my element i've never managed anyone before i've never cared so much mm -hmm. about people in in a space as much as i have for the float center and um so i think just having to realize what is important and a priority and what isn't that's probably where most of the learning has come from and the things that i used to have you know, plenty of capacity to give fucks on. I don't have that capacity anymore, too. So, yeah, you know, you become a little bit more specified with with what you do in love and want to do in love. It's a great time in our lives for that reason. Uh -huh. You really come into your own and you're good with it and confident to speak up. And 
And really interesting opportunities start to happen Mm -hmm. like they did on your 40th birthday before we get too far off of that special day. So we're interviewing Lindsay today on Mike and Kristen podcast. (laughs) But on on Spotify. There you go. But uh, who was the last interview that you had for a podcast with? Well, uh, just no one important. I don't know if you heard Conan Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. Yeah, Conan O'Brien last week. No big deal. No big deal. You just hung out with Conan on your birthday. How in the hell did that happen? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Like, I still, like, I can't wait to hear it because I, I only remember bits and bobs of it, but... Um, I, I I listened to his podcast obsessed yeah, did with you him. Black out during I, it, like or? literally, it was like that uh, moment, and I don't know if it was Anchorman Ron Burgundy or whatever. He's like, "What happened? I just blacked out." Or <laughs> no, that was um old school. Anyway, um, but I li- I do not know how what happened. I just got on, and it's all on video too, which is a cool thing. So I could see him, and I was just like, "Oh my god, he knows that I'm staring at him this entire <sighs> time." And oh, what did you say? Yes, cool. But what I did is, um, I listened to his podcast. I listened to like a lot of podcasts and stuff just because I clean a lot, and um, I love him. And then at the end of one, said, "If you wanted to be interviewed by Conan O'Brien needs a, or for Conan O'Brien needs a fan, I apply at TeamCoco.com." And after I heard it a couple times, I, was, I had a moment where I was like, okay, if I, when I joke around about what I, I do at work, I say I, I earn trust quickly and then get people naked. <laughs> so <laughs> Dream job. That's my dream job, right? But like, that's kind of what it is. And, but when I kind of, when I stood back and realized that okay, I do have a really interesting job and mm-hmm. sure there is, you know, weird things that we have to do, but floating itself as an industry is, is different. So I, um, I applied and I can't remember all the questions that they asked, but I remember talking a lot about Norm MacDonald and uh, he's my favorite comedian of all time. And, uh, and I, I like to think that it was like my, my injection of Norm MacDonald that kind of got me on the podcast. Cause we, we did talk a little bit about Norm MacDonald as well too. So anyway, it's a, uh, comes out next month. It's pretty neat. Like Incredible. I honestly did not think that it was going to be this big of a deal, like at all. Because my relationship with comedy and music and stuff is so personal. Like I, in my mind, I'm like, Conan and I are best friends, you know, that, and we've been best friends for 20 years now because we've had mm, this relationship. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I realized that, well, everyone else thinks that that he's their best friend too. And he that's chose you great. to be his BFF though. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm, I'm, I want no. him to come visit. I am just going to continue just to put that out there because he's from, um, I think in Massachusetts, yeah, Boston, maybe, okay. or New England, somewhere fair. in New England or whatever. And I'm just like, just pop up over here next time you're, you're on the East Coast. Did you talk about Nova Scotia in the interview? We did a little bit, I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Like, I, again, uh, we were talking about my birthday and then I said something along the lines of, all the disasters that happened my birthday because people know oh 420 oh, okay smoking weed and hitler's birthday but it's also <sighs> columbine the bp oil spill there was like a lot mm. uh, even you know the day before the nova scotia mass shooting and stuff like that and i've always felt as all of these things get layered you know on top of one another that i have a duty to be a positive person on my birthday to balance things out mm-hmm. equalize yeah, a little and equalize bit. a bit and he's like no one cares about the bp oil spill and i was i just was like well matt damon does because he was in a movie about it <laughs> <laughs> and then after that i 
who knows? I, I, I really like I'm excited to listen to it. And oh, my God, I hope I didn't say dumb shit. It's such a unique experience, no matter what was said. <gasps> I, I'm sure you were brilliant. and He, he would be such a great host and so oh, seasoned remarkable. at managing questions and yeah. riffing with one another. And how long did you get to speak with him? It's 30 minutes. Wow. Yeah, that's so a decent crazy. chunk of time. Like, that's some time. Yeah. 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 Do you feel like you can kind of send him a little note now? And oh, no, he probably wouldn't remember who I was at anyway. But he'd have a lot of people come through exactly. his studio. I'm sure he would. And again, I just the whole thing was just I've been in a funk for a while, and I just I always you know I get these universal reminders all the time, exactly when I need them. Of don't give up. There's still goodness in the world. Um, you know, uh, was it don't let the fuckers get you down sort of thing. And um, and that was the perfect like my mom's died, died, dog died that morning. And then I get an email saying, will you be on the show? So it was just uh, last week was nuts, um, up, down, up, down. But it, uh, I really um, I took it as a pretty good sign too. just, you know, yeah. Conan likes you. Mike's really good to remind me to expect that sort mm. of the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um and we spoke with Lindsay Doyle, who was in mm-hmm. with us a few weeks ago, and we talked about our artists and often entrepreneurs can be a little more sensitive than mm-hmm. most. And I certainly can relate to that feeling of you can have a hundred nice comments and one nasty one, and that seems to be the thing that that sticks, which doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like we shouldn't do this to ourselves, but that's often what happens. It's it's a weird thing to be an entrepreneur and in the public as it grows. So, for example, this morning I was forwarded from my work a one-star review from someone who I think maybe came into our space six years ago. But what likely happened is that they saw that I was on the Chronicle Herald and thought, mm. I'm going to leave a one-star review. F- and, you know, and if that had happened at the time... I would have spiraled. It, it, it was one of the uh, and what what happened actually didn't really happen. They blamed my an employee of mine for turning the hot water off on them when they just used all the hot water. Mm-hmm. And um, I would have fought tooth and nail and let it get to me, and I would have defined myself based on that. And now I'm like, oh, can't please everyone. Did my best. They even said a thing. They welcomed us back with open arms. So I was like, yeah, you're right. You just said I, I did. Yeah. And now, you know, so I I think, again, you know, I've grown a bit of a thicker skin. My biggest fear with entrepreneurship, though, is um, not to grow too thick of a skin because I know what is special about me is actually my my soft side. That's, Mm -hmm. I think, what, you know, people can relate to. They say that people show up for you, not necessarily your product or service. So, of course, people are coming in to benefit from a float or in our case is consumer art. But Mm. a lot of it has to do with wanting to do business with you and who you are. Mm -hmm. So the growth and expansion is a testament to who you are. Yeah. How you show up. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I think I think this is. This has been amazing. Been Not that some- I, I don't think this is amazing. I know it has been amazing. <laughs> it, it has been amazing. And we're honored to have you in our little space and to uh, get to know you better. And now we can call you friends and a friend in real life. A friend in real person. Yeah. I'm so excited. In the 3D. <laughs> yeah. 3D friends. I, I want to ask just one last question. It's pretty pretty simple. And we, we've we had a number of artists on here. and and the, they treat themselves as entrepreneurs as well. And we, we've asked them what 
what making it is to them, like in, in their business and with their career and with what you're doing with the flotation center, do you have a, a vision in your eyes of what making it is? Is it a getting to a certain point where with monetary success or is it getting so many people through that you make happy? Like, well, what does that mean to you? Um, I mean, from a personal standpoint, making it would be like financially paying my student loans off in that yeah. sense. Um, Business-wise, I feel like I've already made it. Yeah. Um, and it would probably have taken me a long time to recognize that because because uh, I probably would have, you know, 10 years ago equated making it with financial success. And I certainly am not rich and have a ton of debt. And so it's it's definitely not that, but I'm happy somehow. So um, I always, I joke around about this and it might be, but I actually, there might be more truth to it. I'll know that I've made it when I have a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you have such a specific example. I, that it, for me is one of the most lavish. I know I have float tanks in my space and that's amazing to use, but a hot tub is of such an Adult. A personal hot tub at your a own place, hot tub. right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like that would be like making it to me, and, <laughs> and and I'm reminded all the time that I can go in Kijiji and buy one right now for like two thousand dollars, and I've made it. Yeah. But it's there's something about that. But I I do think um, I have made it in terms of business because this is I don't have huge lofty goals uh, for the flotation center at the moment because it's running and serving so well. I um most of my goals for it is just ensuring that I'm, you know, empowering my employees and continuing to pay them more and things like that. But and e- and even that, like that's a check mark. Like, have you made it? Yeah, I pay my employees like seventeen yeah. forty an hour with benefits and things like that. Yeah. I've made it. I'm um so yeah, there's there's different yeah, ways to look at it. But yeah. Next time when maybe you'll come over sometime and I'll have a hot tub and, and you'll know she made it. <laughs> that is a great answer and we we speak of having a hot tub in our uh, in our backyard. We never equated that to making it, but I guess maybe it is. The I same equate for adulthood us. to having a set of dishes that match. We don't mm. have that yet, but maybe one day. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, <laughs> hot tub and matching dishes. That's uh, that's where we'll go. Those are the goals. Put that on the dream board. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta cut out an image from uh, where? Where do you get a good pictures a good of images? Sears catalog. Sears catalog. <laughs> It hopefully comes in the mail. The we got a phone yeah, book last wish. week. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Are you serious? Thank God. Yeah. Thank God we get that phone book every year printed off so we can throw it in the recycling <laughs> <Yes>. bag. <laughs> <laughs> so again, it's it's been an honor. We're so glad to, to have you in our space and congrats on all your successes. Thank and you. all the best uh moving forward. Awesome. And let's do it again. Yeah, Same to you. This again. is such a like lovely experience. I'm so happy. And I, I, yeah, I'm just like in the presence of greatness. This is awesome. We're just, we're just beaming. It's, it's such a pleasure. Yeah. And I know we'll be in one another's lives uh, yeah. from now on as we have been, but uh, in a different capacity in now. Person. And uh, we love your space. We love you and oh, wish you all the best. You. Thank you so much. I love you too. Yeah. <laughs> Are we clapping? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs>